Hey, welcome, everybody. Welcome to River Glen. Great to see you. Welcome here in Waukesha. Everybody online, everybody in Pewaukee on the other side of the camera. Great to have you with us. If uh, it's your first time, uh, my name's Ben, and uh, we're just honored to have you here uh, with us. Thank you so much for making River Glen part of your uh, weekend. Well, I want to get started with a quote. I want to read this quote to you. See if it rings a bell. See if you recognize this quote. It goes like this. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and uh, happiness. Uh, this is kind of like social studies class today. Anybody recognize that, that quote? Just shout it out. Where's it from? Yeah, Declaration of uh, Independence. Yeah, uh, the, the document that formed the foundation for our great uh, country. And those three words, life, liberty, and happiness, are really a simple, powerful summary of the American dream. But I don't know if anybody noticed this. I actually left some words out. I actually left some words out of this, this uh, quote. Anybody know what I left out? Yeah, okay, gold star for you. Very good, very good. Here's what it actually, here's the way it actually reads. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with, cer with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and help me out, the pursuit of happiness. Isn't it interesting how the first two, life and liberty, are stated uh, plainly without condition? But when it comes to happiness, it says the pursuit of happiness. It's almost like the authors are saying, you know, you can have the first two, but good luck <laughs> trying to find happiness. But uh, as Americans, you know, we love to pursue happiness. We work hard to pursue happiness, sometimes in strange ways. You know, as we wrap up summer, as summer comes to a close, think about Independence Day, the 4th of July, how we celebrate 4th of July and pursue happiness on the 4th of July. For example, we test our digestive system and we eat more food in one sitting than we should probably eat in a week. Uh, for example, anybody recognize this guy right here, uh, Joey Chestnut? Joey Chestnut just broke the world record on July 4th, and he ate 75 hot dogs in 10 minutes. In 10 minutes, including the bun. Yeah, way to go, Joey uh, Chestnut. And uh, we pursue happiness on the 4th of July by uh, illegally blowing stuff up in the freedom of our backyard. And maybe we could agree with this kid right here that uh, 4th of July parades are a better idea than reality. I'm very thankful for the freedom to pursue happiness in, in our country. But I think we got to ask ourselves a, a question. If, if these are the big three, life, liberty, and happiness, how are we doing? How happy are we? How are we doing when it comes to happiness? I, I came across a fascinating article about our, our nation and how we're doing in the pursuit of happiness. They compared the happiness index in the United States to the happiness index in other countries. And uh, I don't know if anybody wants to take a guess at it, but I'm going to go ahead and go there and just tell you that America ranked an underwhelming 25th place. 25th place. And to put that in perspective, the country of Rwanda finished or ranked in 23rd place, two spots ahead of us. Now, some of you know Rwanda, from what I hear, is a beautiful country with amazing people. It's in Africa. Some of you remember back in 1994, 20% of the population of Rwanda were killed or wounded in just a horrific uh, genocide. And according to this study, they're a little happier they're a little happier than we are. That's fascinating to me. But the most interesting part of this study is, is, is right here. I'm just going to read this uh, quote to you from the study. It says, the higher the respondents rated happiness 
as a distinct personal ambition, the less happy they were in their lives generally, and the more likely they were to experience symptoms of dissatisfaction and even depression. Do you get what that's saying? It's saying that if we put this into an equation, if we did the, the, the math, we think to ourselves that if I pursue happiness, eventually I'm going to find it. If I go after it, I'll capture it. But that's not what the research tells us. Research says that by pursuing happiness itself, we don't get happiness. It makes us, it actually makes us unhappy. And I feel like maybe I need to have a sit down with Thomas Jefferson and say, you know, hey, maybe we need to rethink that last one, that third one. Now, let's go from the national to the personal, to your life. Could it be that your own desire to make yourself happy through your job, through your relationships, through your finances and different things, that pursuit, could it be, it's actually making you unhappy. Could it be that pursuing happiness is actually the wrong pursuit? My guess is for most of us, probably all of us, in the middle of our pursuit of happiness, pursuing it vocationally, pursuing it relationally, pursuing it financially, in our own pursuit of happiness, we got to a point we said, where we said, is this all there is? There's got to be more than this. There's got to be more to life. And the truth is, there is more to life than the American dream has to offer. In fact, that's why Jesus came, to show us a different way, a better way to satisfy that longing for more inside each one of us. One of Jesus' uh, closest friends, uh, John, maybe his, maybe his best friend, John, the apostle John, who wrote the fourth book in the New Testament. It's a, the gospel, the biography of Jesus, simply called the gospel of, of John. He made this observation after watching Jesus. Here's what he says about Jesus. In him was life. He watches Jesus and he says, there is life in that guy. There is life there. And Jesus didn't hide this life or keep it to himself. In fact, several chapters later, John quotes Jesus talking about why he came. Jesus says, I have come that they, that's you and me, may have life and have it to the full. It's interesting, if you go back and, and, and if you dare to do this, to read the first four books of the New Testament, they're, they're the Gospels, the, the four biographies about the life of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, you, you won't find Jesus telling us to pursue happiness. He tells us something better. He says, I know you're looking for more. I know you've got this deep longing inside of you. So let me show how you can have life, even better, life to the full, a life of more that'll satisfy you, the best life possible. Now, I, I think it'll help us uh, understand what, what, what Jesus is talking about. Uh, if we understand that there were actually three different words for life in the, in the New Testament of the, of the Bible, in the original language of the New Testament, there's three different words that get translated into the word uh, life. And uh, here's the first word that uh, he could have used, and, and that's the word, uh, yeah, it's the word bios. Yeah, would you say that out loud with me, ready? Bios, yeah. Bios is one of the words for life. It's the root word for biology, and it means physical life. It can also refer to chronological life. The average bios life uh, uh, includes re repetitive things like 250,000 hours of sleep, 76,000 meals eaten, 200,000 trips to the bathroom. Most of those take place in the second half of our life, but 200,000 total. That's all part of the bios life. And here's what happens. For many of us, we start thinking, this is where it's at. 
Bios life is going to make me happy. If I can satisfy or please my physical desires, then I'm going to have real life. Some of us pursue exercise. I think I'm going to find it there. Or for others, it's through partying or even uh, devouring pornography or maybe accumulating possessions. We, whatever it takes to please and satisfy our physical body, our physical appetite. But bios life doesn't satisfy us. That's why sometimes it can feel like you're going through life, but there's no life going through you. And you come back and say, there's got to be more. Is this all there is? There's got to be more to life. And there is more. Here's the second word for life in the New Testament. And uh, we're just going to put this up. I'm not going to ask you to say this out loud because you might mispronounce it. You might say uh, sucky, uh, sucky life. But uh, that's not how you pronounce it. Some of you are like, well, that's how my life feels right now. And uh, we want to change that for you. But it's, 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 it's actually pronounced suke, suke life. It's the root word for psychology. It refers to the mental dimension of life. Suke includes our mind, our emotions, our will. Suke life can include our intellect, our education, our willpower, the ability of our mind to control our actions, suke life. But here's my observation. Many of us get to the point where we realize that bios life isn't going to bring us lasting happiness. Bios life isn't going to really satisfy me. So we think there's got to be more. And so we pursue suke life and we pursue learning, higher education. Maybe we take some classes. Maybe we turn to therapy or self-help. And we try to mentally better ourselves to satisfy that longing in, inside of us, or sometimes people pursue the bios life and they develop an addiction. And in the Sake life, they turn to maybe a 12-step group, a recovery group for help, and that can be good. That can be helpful, nothing wrong with that, but it can still leave us, leave us thinking and feeling that there's gotta be more. Is this all there is? There's gotta be more to life, and there is more. And this is the good news. There's a third and final word in the New Testament for the word life. And it's this word right here. It's this word, it's pronounced Zoe. Would you say that after me? Would you say that with me? Excuse me. Zoe. Zoe. Zoe life. Zoe includes the bios life and the suke life. It includes our mind. It includes our body. But it goes way beyond. It includes so much more. Zoe life is a deeper qualitative, holistic dimension that includes every aspect of life. It's really the spiritual dimension of life. It's soul life. And so when Jesus says, I've come that you may have life and have it to the full, which one of those three words do you think Jesus used for life? Zoe. Zoe life. He intentionally used the word Zoe. Jesus says, I want to give you a new quality of life that changes your past, changes your present, and it charts a brand new future for your life. I like the way the message version translates John 10, 10. It puts it this way. Jesus says, I came so that they may have, or so that they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. Notice how Zoe life also includes, ultimately includes eternal life. But sometimes I think in church when we hear that phrase, eternal life, our our mind goes to heaven and we think, okay, that's talking about the next life. That's talking about heaven only. But this verse is present tense because Zoe life starts right now. 
Right this moment, and it never ends. It begins when we say, yes, Jesus, you're my Savior. You're my Lord. You died on a cross for my sins, and we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit in our life, and everything begins to transform. See, Jesus didn't just come to forgive your sins so that you could go to heaven when you die. He came to give you life, a full life, blessed life, Zoe life right now. But sometimes it takes years of, of pursuing the, the bios life and the suke life until we get to the point where we realize there's got to be more. Is this all there is? There's got to be more to life. And we say yes to Jesus. Some of you are going to recognize this name, C.S. Lewis. He was one of the most brilliant intellectuals of the last century. And he went on a pursuit for more. And he, and he ended up saying yes to Jesus. He explained it using some of the same words. That, that we're using uh, today. I want to read this quote. It's from his book, Mere Christianity. I'm going to read this slowly. He says, The spiritual life which is in God from all eternity and which made the whole natural universe is Zoe. Bios has, to be sure, a certain shadowy or symbolic resemblance to Zoe, but only the sort of resemblance there is between a photo and a place or statue and a man. A man who changed from having Bios to having Zoe would have gone through as big a change as a statue, which changed from being a carved stone to being a real man. And that is precisely what Christianity is about. This world is a great sculptor's shop. We are the statues. And there's a rumor going around that some of us are someday going to come to life. Isn't that great? Some of us are going to come to life. And so what, what does it look like for us? to come to life. Well, here's the key difference between bios, suke, and zoe. In the bios and suke life, the focus is on ourselves. It's on our mind. It's on our body. It's about me and mine, my desires, my wants, my needs. But when we begin to experience the zoe life, we make a dramatic shift in focus in the zoe life with God's spirit working inside of us. Rather than focus only on ourselves, we begin to focus on God and what God wants. And when we make that shift, led supernaturally by the Holy Spirit, working inside of us, we begin to make better decisions based on what God wants, which leads to more life, real life. And consequently, when we focus more on God, we also focus more on other people, even before ourselves, which may seem counterintuitive, but when you make others the priority, it leads to good feeling and meaning and purpose, doesn't it? And if we continue on this path, inspired by God's spirit, focusing on others, it expands our heart for the world. And we go on mission with Jesus to bring his kingdom to this earth, to fulfill his dream for the world. Now, now something that we do here at River Glen, uh, to help us remember this way of living, to help us remember Zoe life, we simply call this being a three C follower of Jesus. We celebrate God, which means we, we stay focused on God, who God is, and how God's working in our life. We read God's word and reflect on it, and it leads us to more life. We connect with others. We stay focused on others and doing life together. We contribute and stay focused on expanding God's work in this world by using our gifts. And when you live this way, when you practice the three C's, you experience Zoe life. The more that satisfies that longing inside of you. This is the more. I came across a little book that I think illustrates, illustrates this point. It was uh, actually written in, uh, all the way back in 1884. It's called Flatland. Anybody heard of this book before, Flatland? Uh, nobody, okay. This is new material for us. 
all right? The subtitle of the book is A Romance of Many Dimensions by A Square. The author, Edwin Abbott, creates a world that consists of two dimensions, two-dimensional space, which means everything's flat. It's like you're writing on a, a page. Every object is flat and two-dimensional. And he creates a narrator that is cleverly named A Square. A dot square. And uh, A Square, all he has known is two-dimensional. Uh, all he has known is the world of flatland. Everyone he knows is flat. Well, one night he has a dream that changes everything. He dreams of a world called Lineland which is one-dimensional without any shapes. It only has single dots on a page. And A-square, uh, I think we go to the next slide here. A-square uh, pities the people in Lineland because he desperately wants them to understand there's more to life than this one-dimensional world that they're familiar with. But no matter how hard he tries, the people of Lineland uh, it cannot understand or comprehend a two-dimensional world. They don't get it. Well, soon after this dream about Lineland, uh, Ashgore gets a taste of his own medicine. He gets visited by a three-dimensional sphere, cleverly named A-sphere. But all A-square can see is a flat circle. He just sees a flat circle. But then something incredible begins to happen. A-sphere gives A-square a glimpse of a three-dimensional place called Spaceland. And suddenly this two-dimensional square realizes there's more to life than he's ever dreamed possible. He sees a third dimension he never knew existed. A third dimension filled with life and texture and depth and meaning and purpose. Now, I share that old, old story because I think many of us go through life like A-square. We live in a two-dimensional world with bios, and Suquet. But we know there's a, third, uh, there, there's a third dimension. We search for a third dimension. We know there's more, but we don't have the words or the tools to understand it. And I'm afraid a lot of us get stuck here. We get stuck in flat land, sensing that there's more, but we, we don't know how to, how to find it. But see, that's why Jesus came, just like a sphere. He came into our world so that we would have life to the full so that we would have a three-dimensional life, a life filled with depth and meaning and fullness and purpose that can only be revealed as God's spirit comes to life inside of us. And Jesus embodies this life, this three-dimensional life, this 3C life. And Jesus wants to give you this life. And if this resonates with you, if you connect with this, you're like, you know, there's got to be more. Is this all there is? There's got to be more to life. That's, the, that's what Jesus offers you today, a Zoe kind of life, the kind of life that a couple from our church, Daniel and Marie, have discovered. Take a look. Isn't that a great story? Let's give Daniel and Marie a hand. And you can just see the transformation in their life. And uh, that's what this series is about, the life of more that Jesus offers to you. Today's introductory. I hope that you come back next weekend. We're going to dig deeper into this. Next weekend, we're going to talk about what it looks like to have more joy. And then the week after that, more love. And then more hope. And then more impact. I encourage you to join us every week and invite your friends, invite your uh, family. Last weekend of this series, October 10th and 11th, we're going to do something to reach out together as a church to help more people. Because when you experience the more that Jesus offers, you, you want to share it. 
You want other people to experience it too. And so last weekend of the series, as, a, as an act of, of faith and love and generosity, we're going to give away the entire weekend offering. Every penny that comes in in the, in the bags, that comes in electronically that weekend, every, every penny of the offering, uh, we're, we're going we're to give it away to help people, help other people experience the more that Jesus offers. offers. We're calling it the big offering uh, giveaway. There's, there's many needs in our community and in our, in our world. And we're we're, we're going to share this offering to support several great organizations. Some of these organizations are with us today. They're in the lobby after the service. I uh, hope that you will stop by and, and, and meet them and find out more about them. Hope, hope you're hungry. They've got a lot of food. Really good, really good food. We're excited to help more people experience more. But today, I want to wrap up with a challenge. And it's actually a two-part challenge. The first part's practical. The second part is supernatural. Here's the practical uh, challenge. This is something that we introduced a couple years ago. We call it the 3C spiritual growth plan. Many of you have probably taken some type of online assessment to evaluate your personality, your strengths, your gifts. Well, this is an online assessment that is really all about how we're doing at the Zoe kind of life. How are we doing with celebrating God, connecting with others, contributing to the world? I've taken this assessment before and it, it'll really help you. It's eye-opening. And it also helps you chart a course for the future, helps you set some, some, some goals for next steps, living out the Zoe life by using the three C's. You just go to our, our website, click on the link, and take it there. Find some time this next week to uh, take the three C spiritual growth plan assessment. That's the practical challenge. Now for the supernatural challenge. And this is going to come during communion. Because on the one hand, you know what? It's really helpful to set personal goals when it comes to our life with God. But it's also important to understand that the Zoe life it's not something we can just do on our own. It, it's beyond our best efforts. This isn't just about, you know, trying harder to be a nicer person, trying harder to become a better person. This is about transforming into the person that God made you to be. This is about transforming into the best version of yourself. And the only person that can do that for you is God himself. And this is really good news. The good news is you can't work hard enough. You can't hustle enough to make yourself this person. You can only receive it as a gift. You receive it as a gift. And so I want to invite everyone to open your heart and say a prayer with me in, in, in just a moment. But uh, let me give you a, a caution though. Some of you, those of you that may, maybe you followed Jesus for a long time, you might, you might uh, read this prayer and think it seems kind of basic elementary, you might think to yourself, Ben, is that all you got? Is that all you got for us today? But remember, prayer is not just spiritual. Prayer is supernatural. And we need supernatural help to live the Zoe kind of life, the life of more that uh, Jesus brings to us. And so here's the prayer. Uh, Jesus, I want more of you. Fill me with more of your spirit today. Now, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but, uh, you know, I wonder, when was the last time where, when you prayed for more of Jesus, when you prayed for more of the Holy Spirit? You, you know how, you know what my prayers sound like? This is a confession, and some days are better than others, but my, a lot of my prayers sound like this. God, you're awesome. God, you're incredible. 
God, you're, God, you're great. Thank you for this. God, thank you for that. God, would you bless this person? God, would you help me with this? God, would you do this for me? God, would you do that for me? Anybody's prayer sound like mine? So I wanna invite you to pray this simple prayer with me and I hope you'll continue to say this prayer every day during this series. Say it in the morning, say it in the afternoon, maybe say it throughout the, the day. If you want more life, the Zoe kind of life, then pray this prayer with me during communion. We have, we have communion, uh, it's available, it's on the tables, looks like this. When you walk in, you can just grab one of those. Our communion is, is open to anybody who says yes to Jesus. If you're watching online right now, grab some juice or cracker and a cracker or some other liquid and solid. The, the, the bread represents the body of Jesus. Jesus physically came to us. The juice represents his blood. He came in flesh and blood to show us how to, how to live. And then he gave his life for us. And this is a chance for us during communion to have really a, a supernatural moment, a moment where we begin to experience transformation that needs to happen in all of us to experience the Zoe life that Jesus offers to us. And if you'll pray and open yourself to more of Jesus, you're gonna find yourself pursuing God, pursuing others, pursuing making a difference in the world. And one day you're gonna wake up and go, I feel so alive. I feel so alive. And that's what he wants for you. So let's pray this prayer together on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. Jesus, I want more of you. Fill me with more of your spirit today. Let me pray for us, and then you can go ahead and take communion when you're ready. God, I pray for every one of us, every one of us in our, in our room, every one of us watching online. I ask that for you to make this a, a supernatural kind of moment. We want to experience this Zoe kind of life the spiritual dimension that changes our past, our present, our future, takes the focus off of us, puts it on you and others and your world and leaves us feeling so alive. God, we open ourselves to you. We invite you to come into our life and do whatever you want inside of us. We want more of you. We want more of your spirit. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.